What's up, folks? This is Justin, and you are listening to the Welcome to Your Doom Show. This is episode number 58, and Uttal and I talk about a few more recent trailers that have dropped, notably the Mortal Kombat trailer and the Justice League, or I guess Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, Mortal Kombat's coming out in April 2021, and Justice League, I believe, is coming out a little bit earlier uh, to undo all of the wrongs, well, maybe not all of the wrongs that Joss Whedon did on Justice League, but at least the ones that we saw on screen. Uh, or apparently it is. We'll see how that goes. It's a four-hour movie. It's crazy. Uh, we also talk a little bit about Gina Carano getting let go from The Mandalorian, and Uttal is thrilled. So there are no spoilers in this episode, folks, so this episode is for everybody. Um, as always, thank you so much for listening and for the support. Love you guys, and let's keep it going. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to your doom. What's up, everyone? You are listening to the Welcome to Your Doom show, and we are your snow-covered harbingers, Atul Kachru. I'm Justin Kirksley. Why did you have to remind me of that? I, I've got snow sitting outside that I have to shovel after this podcast. I, it is currently 9 p.m., so I'm going to be shoveling at fucking 10. Are you something. one of those guys that like shovels in the middle of the night? Like everyone's sleeping, all you hear outside is... <laughs> No, no. <laughs> I I wish I could do it in the morning cuz like that's my time. I like like I like doing things in the morning, but now that Neha's around, she doesn't let me do anything in the morning cuz she wakes up at like 6 yeah. and is like, "Hey, pay attention to me." Right. I'm like, "Fuck." Right. Well, you know what? Give it a couple of more years and she'll be shoveling your driveway for you. Yeah, right. <laughs> you are nuts. You think that she's going to shovel the driveway? And trust me, it's not because I'm I'm going to be a good dad and not let her. She's just going to flip me the bird and tell me to go shovel my own driveway. I'm like, you don't even pay rent. She'll be like, that's too bad. You should have known better. How goes, man? Uh, goes pretty good. Goes pretty good. Um, snow is not fun. Ah, no, it is. Um, it is, man. I, I completely disagree. I, I have a good time getting out there, shoveling the snow and... Got out for a walk today. Walked in the snow on purpose. I know a lot of people don't do that, but I gotta use my. I gotta use those boots. You know, these boots were made for walking. Keep... That's just what they're gonna do. Yeah, but not in the snow. Now, why on earth would you want to do that? And how do you prevent snow from getting inside of your boots? Um, the the boots themselves are kind of like they're a bit high. So, are you wearing hooker boots? Uh, they're they're not knee highs. Um. Thigh high? <laughs> I leave those. My favorite Kurt Russell movie, Thigh High. <laughs> those are for special occasions only. Um, every Tuesday, but uh, the uh, the the bo- the boots have enough uh, uh, of a height to them that I can basically take uh, my jogging pants and kind of wrap them uh, over top, so no snow gets uh, gets into into the sh- into the foot compartment. I don't know how else to say that. It sounded super awkward, but there it is. Well, that explains everything. It is the it is the that. compartment that contains my foot. <sighs> Ew. Um, it was funny the other day. So th- my house, as you know, is is kind of long. Like it's a skinny, long lot, right? 
And then there's that that pathway from the front to the backyard that runs along the side. Never of know house. what I'm going to find when I'm walking through there. Never know. That is, it's a tunnel of mysteries, <laughs> yeah. that thing. And as I'm, I basically, when it, during normal snowfalls, like small little snowfalls, nothing drops yeah. in there. I guess the, it just can't get around the two houses. During big snowfalls, it just accumulates tons of snow in there. And I always shovel across there, and I shovel all of it, right? And I just come in, and I'm white. Yeah, like, yeah, damn, it's a that's lot. so hard. And Nisha looks at me, and she goes, why are you doing that? I'm like, well, I don't want the, you know, I don't want the snow, the snow to sit along the side of the foundation. Yeah. She's like, two questions. One, why do you have to do the whole width of it if it's just along that crack where the house is? And two, do you think your parents ever shoveled the sides of their houses? Because no, they didn't ever. And I'm like... Fuck. Have you am I just making myself a, making my life a lot harder? Have you uh have you seen Mystery Men? Yeah, yeah you just reminded yeah, it's been a while, but yeah. You just reminded me of um William H. Macy from Mystery Men. His, uh, the shoveler. Yeah, <laughs> the shoveler. Because he uh his wife is uh, his wife is like, you know, why why do you do this like superhero this weird superhero thing? And he's like, I've got a gift. I shovel. And I shovel well. <laughs> You know, you're just, you're the shoveler. You got a shovel, man. I'm the shoveler. Yeah. I guess that's it. That's man. right. You're William H. Macy, mid mid to late 90s. I, I, I think that's when that movie came out. Um, Where has he been? I feel like I haven't seen him in a minute. William H. Macy? Yeah. Uh, he was on a show, which I was thinking about watching. It went ran for a couple seasons. That's What's right. He just, yeah, just um, looks like a drunk asshole in every poster for that show, which makes me kind of want to watch I, it. I can't remember what it's called, I though. think that's the title of the, the, the show, is Drunk Asshole. <laughs> yeah. Actually, speaking of drunk assholes, yeah. Nisha and I have been watching Shit's Creek, and it is it's pretty. Funny. I heard it's really good. Uh, Shugu was yeah. watching a, a few episodes of that, and um, I, I I really do like Eugene Levy. I've always I've always liked that guy. I've always thought he was really funny. And Catherine O'Hara has always been really funny. They've learned in a series of movies together. Um, one of them is called Best in Show, uh, and it's mm-hmm. uh, written so it's. Sorry, give me a second. I'm just looking it up right now, just trying to find it. Oh, yeah, Christopher Guest. That's the name of the director. But he made, like, three movies in a row with the same, basically the same cast. Um, okay. And Eugene Levy, Catherine O'Hara. I think these are all people that maybe were working, like, like Second City or something. Like, they came up together, so they were doing these movies together. And um, they're they're really funny and they're quirky funny. They're not like slapstick comedy, but they're like this weird quirk to them. And I I I've, I remember really enjoying them. Waiting for Guffman, Best in Show, A Mighty Wind, and For Your Consideration. I'm not sure if you've seen or heard of any of those movies. No, none of them. Zero. Okay, okay, but yeah, f- fair I'm, enough. I'm not not opposed to watching. No, them. yeah, is Catherine O'Hara can- Canadian? I believe she is. Yeah, I, so I think she is Second City. Yeah. Um, which uh, which ties into one of the things I wanted to to talk to chat about because uh, yeah Canadian actress um, nice I didn't know that yeah she's and she's and she's great and she's funny and everyone really just like knows her from Home Alone but she's been in ton she's been in a ton of movies and she's uh, and she's really funny in in those movies as well I, I I recommend them they're 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 kind of like this really weird dramedy with a with a quirky quirky dramedies I guess I, I would say. She uh, she grew up in Toronto actually. Sir, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, nice. and uh, she was a cast member on the Second City in Toronto, so that was her that was her starting point. 
Anyway, listen, okay. let's just drop all the shenanigans. I want to talk about fucking Mortal Kombat, okay? The trailer just debuted today, and I yes. actually lost my shit. Like, I lost it. It was gone. I had to go take a dump before watching this thing, and then after I watched it, I no longer had to take a dump. So I have no idea where it went. It's gone. The shit has been lost, okay? I, I at the end of that, at the, oh my god, I can't I don't even know where to start. It, here's I guess I need to uh, to to preface this with um, or preface as most people yeah, say before the face. Um, <laughs> that was actually I just stole your joke from another episode, so I feel yep. really I feel yep. really awful about myself right now. It's fine. Yeah. I'm very funny. You can oh, steal geez, my jokes. Awful. Um, go ahead. Um, what were you saying? You know, I've been having kind of a shitty week, and this was the ultimate ultimate pick me up. Yeah, I, I watched the trailer and I was just buzzing after I saw that trailer. It put a smile on my face. I was laughing. I was like, I was I was loving it. I just loved it. Yeah. Um. I think it. I think it looks great. Obviously, there's uh, there are a couple of things where I'm like, I'm not really sure if the, some of the stuff's gonna work. But man, like that trailer was cut really was cut really well. Showed all the right stuff and uh, got me really excited. What did you think? Um. I wasn't as jazzed as you were. I was jazzed. But not as much. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the actor that plays Scorpion. Yeah. Outside of that, I, I don't know anybody in this cast. And everybody looks kind of, like the cost, the way they look looks great for like a fan film or something like that or for that YouTube series. But for a feature film, it's just it's missing something from that perspective. Really? Though, really? I yes. think the costumes, I think the costumes for the most part look great. So so that's the thing is they look too good. They look too what's the best detailed. way to put it? Detailed or like um I don't I keep wanting to say comic video game accurate. Like it seems like somebody saw the video games like oh we got to lift everything from that exactly as it was in the game into the like it just seems too much. Mm. Like it seems like they're really trying and that's why I look at it and I think this seems more like a fan film than a movie. But I that that's just one thought that I had out the gate, I was just like, there's something about this that just looks off. Um, it just looks, like I said, it looks fan filmy to me in a way. And the way that the trailer was shot too, it's like showing you all these really cool action beats, but it almost shows too much in a sense that like, like Goro did not need to be in this no, trailer. I didn't need to see not Goro. Not at all. And they showed him and I'm like, that could have been held out for a big surprise and that would have been awesome. But instead, they kind of like. I feel like they just, they just gave it gave it all to us. I think that there's a lot of really cool stuff in this trailer, a lot of cool visuals. But I have a strong suspicion when you actually see the film, there's going to be no substance to it, and it's just going to be that that, which is probably fine for a Mortal Kombat film. It's just, uh, I don't know. I just, I'm cautiously optimistic on this because it looks cool. Yeah. But it also looks like somebody that doesn't know what they're doing all together made a Mortal Kombat film. Uh okay. All right. I mean it's fair criticism. I think I'm I think I'm uh I'm definitely on, on a hot riding riding on a high from from the trailer. Um I'm just, and I'm putting a lot in in just faith. I'm just like I'm just hoping this this all kind of like works out. Because it is in yeah. the end it's, it's just a trailer, right? There's really not not a yes, lot to, yeah, yeah. to be able to tell from that. But there are a couple of things I want to call out. First of all, you mentioned sure. it already I'm probably going to butcher the pronunciation of of this man's name, but uh, Hiroyuki Sanada is the guy who yes. plays Hiroyuki. Scorpion. Scorpion, 
and uh, the guy who's playing um, Sub Zero is Cho uh, Joe Taslim. So Joe Taslim is actually a, a guy that was in the original Raid, the Raid, um, and yeah. his it's actually his scenes. And his fight fight sequences that I go back and watch again, like Iko Uwes and the other guys in there, they're amazing. Like, and their their fight sequences are incredible. But this guy, he's the he's um he plays the like the captain of the team, uh, of the captain of the team. It's like they're going to play soccer or something. But uh, <laughs> but uh, you know he's um he's the leader of like the special forces that go into the building in the raid, and he has right. an ex- exceptional action sequence. Uh, and spoiler alert, unfortunately for 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 the the raid, but he he does he does die in the middle of the movie. Yeah. Uh, but he's got I think he's got some of the best action in that movie, and he's playing and he's playing um uh he's playing Sub Zero, and the guy uh Hiro, Hiroyuki Sonata is playing Scorpion, and he's uh he's from uh um The Last Samurai, is he not? Yes. Yeah. 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 He was my fa- easily my favorite character in that whole yeah. movie. I don't know why. He he had kind of like he had a pretty simple character arc to him in that movie, but he had this like thousand mile stare. He was yeah. like a Japanese Clint Eastwood. Yeah. yeah, oh, he's a very recognizable face. Uh, and Scorpion, uh, it has a lot of has a lot of meat on the mythology there. There's a lot of like there's a lot of the Tons. emotional, a lot of the drama comes from like Scorpion's uh, backstory. So right. um, so just seeing these these guys uh, on camera and uh, you know uh, knowing that that Taslim can can really bring like a lot of that physicality to the role. I was just I was super excited. I I I love the I love the costumes. The only one that's not working for me is Raiden. And uh, really? yeah, Raiden, he okay. looks fine. Uh but, you know, uh there was something about him. It's like he's 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 kind of small. Like I feel yes. like he's okay. super I feel yeah. like he's like really narrow. Like even yeah, for yeah, the yeah. average guy, like I feel like he's... he looks like he's like Raiden's son wearing his dad's yeah. costume and is like, yeah, yeah. I'm Raiden. Yeah, um, can I buy some beer? <laughs> <laughs> Raiden getting carded at the LCBO. Um, but uh, but he's that was the only one that kind of didn't work for me. And and the other thing is like ja- Jax and um, uh, oh boy. What's her Sonya Sonya Blade have always been like yeah. the least interesting characters for me just because they're you know they're, all of the the human characters whose costumes are like a tank top or like no top or you know like shirtless um, like Johnny Cage Sonya Blade Jax have always been like the least interesting characters to me for that reason because visually they were never very interesting I mean Jax has the robot arms but like. I, I, I don't find that super hyper creative. But you look at someone like Melina looks amazing. I think she looks great in this trailer. Yeah. Uh, we already talked about the costumes for Scorpion Sub Zero. I think they look I think they look fantastic. Scorpion's even got the hood. And I think they, yes. they added that sort of like later in the later in the mythology. I just I don't know, man. I'm so concerned because here's the thing. Oh, first of all, Kano, this oh, awesome guy. Yeah. Again, don't know who he is, but I am on board with him. Yeah. Um but uh, let's see. Let's he's see, got let's a, he's got a great he's man. got a great moment in the trailer at the end where he actually performs his fatality from the first game. He rips out yes. someone's heart. Uh, but he looks like he's being he's like that sort of comic relief. He's yeah. and but I like the fact that they're not making him this kind of unlikable villain because I know that the 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 games 
can make him seem like such such an asshole to the point where like you really really do not like this guy right and that's fine for the games that's you know that's kind of what they're going for but in this movie right. i like the fact that he's being played as a maybe a little more balanced as a character whereas in the video games he was just like irredeemable completely like on the other side of things and this one it looks like maybe he's he's splitting the difference a little bit and they're going to use him as right. as some of that comic relief um i, c- I could live with that um, I don't know why they decided to bring in this Cole Young person. Yeah. I'm wondering if he if he's going to turn out to actually be Johnny Cage, and he, they're just like, yeah, Johnny Cage is going to be your stage name. <laughs> bullshit like that. Uh, it's just it's so random to bring out somebody named Cole Young. It's such a bitch sounding name too. Yeah, like yeah, Cole Young is going to win the Mortal Kombat tournament. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, you got to have a cool name if you're going to win the tournament. Uh, I think yeah. I think. Uh, I, I I don't know why I think this. I feel like Scorpion might die in the movie, like for good, like Demon Scorpion. He will he'll like pick up the mantle, or something like that. Like maybe he yeah. would actually like turn into because you know there are multiple iterations of Scorpion. There are multiple iterations of Sub Zero, Sub Zero, and they're going with the the bastard version in this one. The real the real jerk Sub Zero uh, by Han, I think is his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think he looks good. That first reveal of of uh, Sub Zero when Jax tries to shoot him and he freezes the shells yeah. from the bullet, and he has this. Uh, here's the other. Here's the. And this is another weird thing that I liked about it that probably nobody else even uh, cared or noticed is that he's no. Look, he doesn't squint. You know, like the tough guy thing. The tough guy thing is to squint into the camera. If just like you know, if you're if you're trying to exude some kind of like machismo or whatever, they. With Sub Zero's initial reveal, his eyes are like it's uncomfortable how wide open his eyes are. His eyes are really wide open. He's got those really pale uh, blue eyes, and he does a little he does a little Michael Myers head tilt when he freezes the uh, the shotgun shells, and it's like and he yeah. just kind of stares at them. And I'm like, these are really cool ideas. They didn't go with the obvious. Thing, I guess is what I and that's what I kind of appreciated about it because there's a lot of that tough guy like the squinting it's just like it's such a weird thing to latch on to but the fact that his eyes are wide open he doesn't blink he's like his eyes right. are wide open he's like staring into your soul kind of thing and even when right, he right. sort of announces himself as you know one must do when fighting in a in a tournament he says like I am Sub-Zero even then his eyes are really really like sort of like wide open and I think that was a that was a particular creative choice, and I thought that was interesting, and I really liked that. The um the so I will say this about the trailer: for me, it started off on a really high note, and then it ta- trailed off as it continued, um, because that opening scene with Sub Zero oh, and Jax yeah. was I like I I definitely audibly when his arms got ripped off went oh <laughs> shit and then was super excited and then it was just like look at all these people we have and i was like ah, i'm a little less interested yeah then scorpion dude okay so that's that's the other thing that concerns me about this is just the inconsistency in all of the different like environments that we're seeing people in how much shit are they going to try and shove down our throats in let's say 120 minutes or less for sure like i don't know i i'm i'm like i said i'm going to be cautiously optimistic yeah. i will say that it looks cool but it also kind of looks like either a fan film or a porn parody. Porn. The costumes are just too too accurate. Porn parody, uh, dude. Those porn parodies. I mean, like look look at look at uh, uh, like like Kung Lao looks video game accurate, right down to the crazy hat. 
You know, his that know. hat looks like it weighs 25 pounds, like on his head, you know? Like, <laughs> they had to put him in traction after every yeah. scene. <laughs> um, oh, cool. I, to- I totally, I, I get it. I get the, I, I'm, but I'm, I've just kind of like picked up my, uh, my expectations and I've just like put all my eggs in one basket. I'm, I'm, I'm all in for it. If it is an hour of 20 minutes of like jumping from location to location from, a fight that is as well choreographed as the ten, like the five seconds of that Scorpion Sub Zero fight that we get, or the couple of seconds of the Scorpion like flashback sequence. Um, uh, yeah. If it's if it's that good, I will stand for character inconsistencies, plot inconsistencies. Hell, the plot could be the same as Mortal Kombat Annihilation, but the the problem with Mortal Kombat Annihilation is the effects were bad. And the fights weren't any good. Like there, you know, like the the, the it wasn't an entertaining movie. So there's nothing that could have saved it. Well, like from this trailer, I can see there's a lot of love put into these effects. Nothing yes. looks. It doesn't look like it would anything was throwaway. The only thing that I think I noticed, which I I, I rarely like, and I notice it jumps out at me, is uh, CG squibs. They do that a lot now, uh, like with a lot of movies where um, somebody gets shot or stabbed, they do digital right. blood. And uh, yeah. that's just, I think that's just an expense thing because it saves them a ton of time. When you have to do a retake and consider shooting an action sequence where someone gets shot and uh, they've set off the squibs and the director's like, hey, we need to redo that. Get them another shirt, reset all the squibs and do it again. And it's just like there's cost, there's time, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think that the CGI squibs save them a ton of time so um yeah. i think that's the one thing that i don't like about it but i think everything everything else there was a lot of love i get it was love that's what it was i feel like there's and i listened to the director's commentary for the trailer which is a weird thing to say but that's that's what there's director's commentary for this yeah movie. yeah uh it's it was a, it was a video on ign and it was like just 15 minutes long where the director sort of talks about some of the shots and talks about you know their approach to the movie and stuff and it's like really inspiring because this guy's he's a big fan and it, it's it's clear that he loves he loves the material right um so so yeah there's that's the secret ingredient you can make a movie that doesn't doesn't make any sense and um you know is poorly plotted for example but if there's if there's a lot of love in there right like that could that goes a long way for me in in particular that's batman versus superman for me basically yeah, oh yeah exactly yeah exactly that's that's Literally, a good example like like you can you can throw away all four four and a half hours of that film for just the warehouse scene of batman doing what batman should be doing and i was like that's that i'm in for yeah. that's that's worth the price of admission and to be honest um, I'm glad you mentioned the fight between Sub-Zero and Scorpion because that was the other upside. I know it's at the end of yeah. the trailer and I said it kind of tails off. Big spike there and then a big spike in the middle with uh, Scorpion in the in the flashback. Yeah. But yeah, the like the, um, the bruta- not brutality, what is it? Um, Fatalities? No, nah, the slow motion thing that they do where you can... Oh, the yeah, the X-rays. The X-ray. Yeah. Like, they, they basically did that twice. It was so cool. Yeah. Like, it was cool to see in live action, but again, I'm just... Let's 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 rein those expectations in. A yeah. Little. That being said, yeah. I will still like that to me is a buy or a rent or whatever for. Yeah. If I if if it. it's at all possible for me to see that movie in the theater, I'll go to the theater to see that. It looks entertaining. And just as a side note, did you watch uh, the Mortal Kombat animated film from Warner Brothers? Like uh, straight no. to dude. Watch that. It's I've heard. Yeah, I've heard. It's, it's tr- good. I've seen pieces of. Yeah, it. Yeah, it's fun. It's a fun movie. 
again, it's like it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but it's just like again, there's a lot of love put into it, and it's just an entertaining, entertaining movie. Um, yeah, I would say I would say definitely check that out. I'd like to hear what you think about that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, speaking of animated films, this isn't actually this isn't actually on my list, but I just mentioned it. Maybe we could do a whole episode yeah. on it uh, down down the road. Is uh, Batman? Shit, what's it called? Uh, something something dragon. Oh, something uh, dragon. yeah, yeah. That that's kind of like the it's like the seventies thing. Yeah, yeah. That looks cool too. I I have not seen that. Soul of the Dragon. That's what it's called. Yeah, I uh, I watched it a few. I want to say last week. Um, it's great. Like it's got a good kind of vibe to it. It's definitely got that seventies vibe yeah. to it. Um, like in the same kind of vein as like um some of the Bruce Lee films that you'd seen where he's kind of the star of the film yeah. as well as like a James Bond. Like it's kind of got a, a blend of the two. Interesting. Um, Mark Dacascos is awesome as the, I would say Bruce Lee type character, Rich, Richard Dragon. Mark Dacascos does a voice in this movie? Bro, he's like the main character outside of Batman. Oh my God. Now I yeah. need to watch this. It's so it's yeah. so funny that Mark Dacascos is now a thing again after John, oh, dude, after, after John Wick 3. Um, I loved him in Brotherhood of the Wolf so long ago, and I never really saw him in a lot after that. But there was a movie called Crying Freeman, which, if if you like his stuff, it's a it's an action movie filmed by the same French director as Brotherhood of the Wolf, I believe. Uh, but oh, it's nice. a fun it's a fun action movie. Created some creative action, and there's an older one. But but when he popped up in John Wick Three, I'm like. Mark Dacascos, you bad man. And I actually really like what they did with him in John Wick 3. Like he was the best character. He was he was it was so it was such a 180 on what you would have thought like this yeah. this antagonist would be. Um yeah, he's a fanboy. Yeah. <laughs> he's a fanboy of the guy that he's trying to eliminate with extreme prejudice. Yeah. It's great yeah, stuff. He was fantastic. Yeah, it's great stuff. So he's a voice in the movie. Is Michael J White also I I feel like I, he was. He's, he is Bronze Tiger. These guys need to be in a movie together, like a live action movie yeah. together. Michael J. White and uh, Mark Dacascos. I'd watch the shit out of that. I bet you there probably is one. <laughs> oh, there probably I mean, is. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel like they've been in like a B or C movie together. Yeah. Man, Michael J. White needs to work more in like big name. Like he should have been fucking Jax in this movie. I don't know who this guy is that they got, but he, god damn. Yeah. He, he, he played Jax in the, in the YouTube series for... Yeah, at the very least, the concept. I don't know if he was in the actual series by WB after. I can't remember because I know there was that that like you said that concept video. He was definitely um, Jax, yeah, and was- uh, Sonya was uh, was uh, uh, seven of nine. Jerry Ryan. Yeah, is that, is that her name? I believe so. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. know. I don't, yeah, I didn't even know who seven of nine was before. I thought you were talking to me about fractions. I was like, shut up. <laughs> Um, no, no, she's a, the seven of nine's a character from Star Trek. Uh, yeah, I would, I would have given her eight out of nine, but that's fine. <laughs> Voyager, maybe is it Voyager? Oh man, some Star Trek person is. Ajay's gonna kill me if I got that wrong, but I think it's Vo- I think it's Voyager. Um, I can hear him yelling. <laughs> yeah, I think it's Voyager. <laughs> hey, Ajay. Um, how many, uh, how many films do you think Michael Jai White was an actor in? If I you just like, I'm like shot in the dark. Just. Shot in the dark. Shot. I will give you a hint. Shot. He's been acting yeah. since 1989. All right. Uh, I'm going to say. This also includes video game voicing. Oh, video and game voicing animated. too. Oh, you've changed everything. And, now. and, and animated show. And it, okay. So I'm going to say like 
he's got to have like like two hundred credits. Nah, hundred and eleven. Oh, okay, that's still that seems like a lot. Yeah, it is. A, it is a lot. I mean, if you're talking about uh, like voice gigs too. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I can't remember exactly what we're talking. Well, we we're still talking about MK. I guess we we drifted to to a bunch of other things. But uh, yeah, that's the MK trailer. Anything else to say about that? No, uh, bring it on. I'm excited to see it. Oh, uh, oh yeah, sorry. One last thing about the trailer at the end. The Mortal Kombat, oh. original Mortal Kombat music comes on. And it's like a redone version of it. I don't know if you noticed that. I did, yeah. I did. It was subtle. It was subtle, I yeah. I was, I was a fan of that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Next thing. I got something, but uh, do you got, uh, you got something you want to talk about? Well... I feel like you're probably having a better week than you're letting on because it sounds like Gina Carano's not going to be <laughs> gracing the screen of the Mandalorian anymore. I guess they listened to the last episode and they're like, fuck, we got to get rid of her. they like, yep, these two guys, Uncle and Justin, don't like her, then we absolutely need to get rid of get rid of her. They are the uh, the, the litmus test for what the people enjoy. Um, it's it, it's funny. I I was reflecting on that podcast after, and I was trying to think like, why do I like her? And I, it just dawned on me. I'm like, it's not her so much as it's the character, like the character of Cara Dune. Like I liked that character, just kind of trying to stay out of it. Can't can't stay out of it. It's just like in the wrong place, at the wrong time. Trying to stay stay to their own. I don't know. I just kind of like that type yeah. of that that type of character. It's a simple character, but it's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, not married to Gina Carano, and uh, well, I guess we're not going to see her in that anymore. I'm curious to how they're going to write her out of the show if they just replace her. But yeah, whatever. I don't. I I I I, uh, I I I agree with you. The character is interesting because the approach they they took, like this whole idea of like a rebel shock trooper, and the whole idea that the rebellion winning doesn't mean everybody lives happily ever after. I, I like that right. notion, and that's kind of yes. I think. From a military standpoint, I think that's what she represents. It's like the veteran, yes. veterans coming home from the war, from a war, and finding that things, you know, it wasn't a magic silver bullet, this whole war that they've been fighting. Things are still yeah, bad. She's... Things are still corrupt. Um, and uh, how, do they, how do they function in this new world that they helped yeah, create, right? She's Star Wars Rambo, basically, yeah. except with boobs. Right, and it's an um, interesting character, but yeah, she's she's no longer there. It's over the you know her political stances and her her tweets and her badgering of I don't know. I read some of them. I got to be honest with you. I just i I can't. I don't understand why um, why uh, actors and actresses decide to sort of like voice controversial opinions. Uh, to you know, to the world at large, and if I mean, we don't need to get into it right now. Right. We did talk about this at length on the James Gunn, on the yeah. James Gunn episode. But uh, you know, it's different when you're announcing it on a board to a bunch of anonymous people versus when you're together with people that you know and trust and are voicing up and they can understand nuance in your physicality, in your voice. You can have a you know a, a, a conversation in in real time. Um, that's not what you're going to get from the world at large, and uh, and she caught it. And you know what? Like I, I just, it's hard to have sympathy. For I don't, uh, I, I do, and I don't to some degree. Um, I do, I do because I feel like what she was saying, because it, it had to do with something about um, what was it, it was uh, something along the lines of it wasn't the Nazis doing stuff to people; yeah. it was their own neighbors. Yeah, yeah. I did read that. I, 
I get the sentiment of what she's trying to say in a very heavy-handed and I'd say brutish kind of way. Yeah. Um, because it's applicable on both sides of the fence. To I mean, if we're talking American politics, it's a it's applicable to both the Democrats and the Republicans. If you look, you could literally take the argument that she was trying to make and apply to either side. It's just it's it's a commentary, I guess, on trusting your neighbors and I guess everybody buying into some sort of ideological uh, or, or I what is it ideological principles and then just turning on each other it's just it's it's some sort of some sort some sort of commentary she's making that being said we're in a time right now where i feel like anything you say can be misconstrued and uh, used against you in some way and in this case that's exactly what happened now that's me looking at what she's saying and thinking about it do I feel bad for the situation she's put herself in? No, you're a fucking actor. Go act. That's what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed like if if you want to start taking these these types of stances and having these these opinions to a broad mass like you do, then you need to understand that that is going to come with consequences because you are representing the Disney brand. You're representing the Star Wars brand and those brands don't want to get into politics for sure. like this. For sure, yeah. And you're not a big enough star to 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 try and pull this kind of stuff like tom cruise can flip out on a set on a bunch of people's not uh, people not wearing their masks or whatever happened mm -hmm. and he's going to come out unscathed in fact he probably came out looking looking even better because he's fighting for the the, the little guy that just wants to work and yeah. there are people that are not following rules and causing people you know yeah. whatever so yeah yeah she's not she's not tom cruise she's not a political spokesman um she's an actress and and i think that she needs to be careful with what she says because if you say the wrong thing in that environment, this is this is what could happen. Yeah. Um, so it, it's it's unfortunate for her because I understand. Like I don't think she's coming from a place of anger or malice. Maybe she is. I I, I who am I to say? But I I think she truly thinks she's saying something that is helpful to somebody, whoever it is that's reading it that she thinks she's communicating with and trying to be helpful. But unfortunately, you've got to also kind of read the room and understand that you know, the people that you're working for might not want you to do that. I mean, shit, we take a risk with that with this podcast sometimes, Yeah, for right? sure. So it's, it's, it is what it is. It's a calculated risk and no, she's yeah. on a very public platform to be a little bit too brave to do something like that, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, yeah. also like the form of her comments are inflammatory, purposefully, yes, yeah, purposefully yeah, yeah, yeah. inflammatory and yeah, they're purposefully yeah, yeah. Uh, insulting and it's like, yeah. okay, well, that's, that that's how you decide to voice your opinion. How are you? You know, how can you think that that would not blow back on you? It's just right, uh, yeah. purely from a from a self preservation standpoint. I think it's just like that's just I that's like social Darwinism. You know what I yeah, mean? Exactly. Like that's like yeah, you gotta go. But, and and it's funny. So the, the the tweet I had picked out that I was mentioning earlier was it was I think the more recent one, which was kind of the crux of this. Or maybe just the most recent one whereby this all kind of started unraveling for her in the Star Wars universe. But there were some before that. There was some like, I don't know if it was Annie Mask. I think there was some Annie Mask sentiments. There were some other ones. Which sure. I don't, I don't have as much like, well, you know, if you think about what she's trying to say, like, it just, it's down. Some of them are just downright fucking stupid. Yeah. So, yeah. I, you know, it's, it's a little hard for me to sympathize with her on most of them but yeah well i mean I all in all it's not like how i would have you know liked things to turn out but ultimately she's not on the show anymore so that's a i think that's that's a good thing because she's <laughs> uh she i didn't i did not like her on that show 
So yeah, yeah. Well, it is what it is. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to be crying too much about it. Um, there was another trailer that dropped a few days ago. I think a few days ago, maybe last weekend mm-hmm. was the the latest uh, Snyder cut for the. Oh, that's just, right. Yeah, we uh, we didn't talk about that. Um, no, no. The Snyder cut trailer, uh, which uh, inexplicably is in like four three or something like that ratio. That is infuriating. I don't know why. Well, I know why they do it. It's just that when I see that, it makes me nervous that that's how the movie's gonna look. Well, yeah, it can't be. I mean, if that no, movie's in no, four no, three, no. I. <laughs> No, there's no insane. way they 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 just they just make it that way so it's easy to share on instagram and where uh, twitter and whatever else at least that's my bet i can't imagine that they're gonna be like everybody's widescreen tvs these days right yeah okay cool four three well let's put this on four three that's cool. yeah, that's that yeah that's no, crazy there's, there's um, no goddamn way to do that yeah there are a couple of interesting moments in that trailer uh it is uh incredibly melodramatic um as Snyder movies tend to be, but uh, there are a couple of interesting moments. Like you see Darkseid, you get a good look at him uh, in this in this trailer, and um, I'm a big I, I ever since I was you know young and collecting comics, Darkseid used to be one of my favorite characters because I used to I used yeah. to love like his yeah I'm a very I was a very visual person. We talked about this on the last episode where I was like just I just loved Boba Fett. I loved drawing him because of the way he looked. Uh, I loved drawing Darkseid. Because of the way he looked, and I loved, I loved his his presence. He always had. He looks a little too. Is he like scrawny? Maybe I don't know what it is. He just looks a little too generic. Because I feel yes. like I feel like he could look, he could stand out way, way more. You know? Yeah, a hundred percent. They 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 took all of the bland, mediocre look of um, what's his name. Uh, Steppenwolf from the, I guess the, I don't know, whatever the original cut we'll call theatrical, it. Theatrical, yeah. Uh, the theatrical yep. cut. They took all that boring, bland, crappy look and they applied it to Dark Side, <laughs> and then they made Steppenwolf look infinitely cooler. Yeah, I, I'm exaggerating to some degree because there was when they did the first release of the trailer for the Snyder cut, they had that they start on Dark Side, yeah. or I guess at that point, whatever. I don't know how to pronounce that UXAS name. Uxus, 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 or Uxus, yeah, like when he's Hello. a young, he's a young god or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hello, my name is Uxus. I've come to your planet. <laughs> <laughs> just, I just, I don't know why they named him that. Anyways, um, yeah, that that shot where he starts off there and just slams on the ground with whatever his axe, hammer, whatever it is, he looked. Imp- there was something about it there, and maybe it was just the shock value of like. Oh shit! It's dark side. Snyder cut opens on dark side. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe that—that's the impact. But yeah, when he's in his throne room, just you know, all pimped out, I'm just like, mm, it looks kind of Granny Goodness. Yeah. I believe is in the background, and I was more excited about Granny Goodness being there than I was about dark. Yeah, Desaad and Granny Goodness Desaad, are in the background, yeah. and um, yeah, you're absolutely right. I didn't even notice her. In the background until I was reading some other. I was reading something else, and somebody pointed. She was out. the first one I saw. I'm like, who's that giant lady with the with? Because she has like uh, she's white hair as well, so she's pretty yeah like distinctive. And that's what I mean. Like when you think of, yeah. you know, when you th- when you look when you think when I think of the new gods, you know, like uh, when I yeah. think of Dark Side or Ryan High Father, you know, um, uh, uh, Apocalypse and uh, and all of that. I think of just like the wackiest, 
color palette. I think of like yeah. the, the the craziest designs, and um, unfortunately, like you know, I I wouldn't you know I should have expected it, but like there's that monochrome tan color palette approach to this scene that really just kind of kind of deflated my excitement to see the new gods on screen for the first time. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I was just like, ah, you know, like I'm sure, you know, I'm sure it'll look better, uh, you know, in motion uh, for longer periods than like half a second or whatever you see these, these cuts are all being made or seconds long. Right. But um, I really, I, I, you know, the shock of white hair from like granny goodness. I'm like, that's, that's a, that's a creative thing and they use it but it's like it's in the background it's covered in this smear of like gold brown you know orangey yellow thing that that snyder has going on i don't know i i I could just be like i i'm not you know i'm not throwing it all out or anything i would just those are just my initial hypercritical angry fanboy uh opinion um but you know i'm sure it'll look better we need those that, that that's what this podcast is built on. Yeah. If we just watched every channel, like yeah, it was all right. It was, yeah, short <laughs> podcast. Every podcast would be ten seconds long. Yeah. What would you think? It was all right. How was Wonder Woman eighty yeah, four? All right, good. <laughs> this has been the long review. Just see you later, buddy. Yeah, I just I just don't I don't want to be overcritical. You know, like I don't I don't like being like hypercritical on something I haven't I haven't seen yet. Um, but it ah, did do it. It did sort of be hypercritical of the trailer, not the movie. Yeah, it it sort of like the design sort of rubbed me the wrong way because because there's so much room for creativity with the new gods. Yeah, um, yeah, I agreed. Uh, and I wonder who we're gonna see. I maybe we'll see Orion as well. Like, who knows? I'd right? be sick. Um, I'd be very happy to see Orion. There's all kinds of rumors. Um, I keep seeing Green Lantern rumors, yeah. Martian Manhunter. There's just rumors, so we'll we'll see what actually happens. But I am excited to see kind of that nightmare world again, because that was one of my favorite. Like that, I, I I always rave about the warehouse scene, but I always 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 like that post apocalyptic look to the nightmare world. Um, and then it looks like we're back in it now. I don't know if they're going to address it as some sort of a time travel thing because I don't doesn't sound like they're going to do a sequel which i don't know maybe they are maybe they aren't i mean they're doing the flash which is going to involve time travel so maybe they work in that uh, the thing with the flash and batman versus superman in that but in any case we're going back to that world and i'm pretty fucking stoked about it and then they bring back um what did you, i don't know if we've ever discussed um leto's joker on this podcast have we no we didn't do did we do a suicide squad review I don't, I don't think, think so. we did. Um, no. Well, uh, I guess I mean general opinion on that movie is another movie where where um, where I was just kind of like happy to see these characters on the screen for the first time. So, like in a nutshell, this movie was like I feel like this movie, like Suicide Squad, was a movie, and then someone chopped it into little bits, and then an infant put those little bits back together, and that's what we got in the theater. Uh, so it's not. A, I don't think it's a good movie. I don't think that it's well put together. But I think there are some moments in there, and just seeing some of those characters, it was being a DC, massive DC fan. I'm just like I'm. I'm amazed that this movie, this thing, even exists um, yeah, yeah, as a yeah. thing. So beggars can't it's be choosers movie. in that scenario. But I do recognize it's not a particularly good movie. Um, I don't know. Uh, what, what's your? You know, I guess. I guess you're asking about the Leto Joker in in particular. Yeah, we can start there. I mean, if we want to talk yeah. about Suicide Squad, I'm always down for that, yeah. too. Um, but yeah, more more the Leto Joker, his inclusion in this, and uh, 
what your thoughts on his portrayal of the the character was, I guess, in Suicide Squad in general. Uh, yeah, you know, I did. I'm always open to new interpretations. Like I, I really do. Yeah. That's the one thing I do like about the the Suicide Squad's portrayal of the Joker is that it veered way off into left field. And there have been some comics, in particular, uh, written by Brian Azzarello, and I can't remember the name of the the mini like the little mini series that he wrote, but basically treating all of the bat villains as like street level thugs. Like uh, Killer Croc is basically like a doorman, like uh, muscle, and the Riddler yeah. is like a gun runner, uh, and he's you know he's got like crazy tattoos, and uh, the Joker Joker is a low level gangster. They're all like they're all gangsters, and they're played completely concrete in this series, and it was a good, it was a fun series to read. Um, so that's what that's what that's the way they went with the Joker here. Um, I think the movie completely was chopped up, and like I said, it was it was put together in like uh, uh, by a by um, you know I feel like by committee or something like that, and uh, and Leto's stuff got cut out from the movie. Do I like the damage tattoo on his forehead? No, but I do enjoy the his his flamboyant look. I like I and, and the weird thing is I actually kind of dig the grills. Like I kind of like the fact that he's super flamboyant. Um, he yeah. just doesn't have enough to do in the movie. Um, and, and sorry, just one last thing about this. Uh, I think that's why uh, he, uh, his relationship with Harley Quinn, one of the things I really do like about about the, about that, uh, the movie is that relationship because it's not treated as an abusive one. Uh, right. Yeah, that's a very good point. I've always I feel like I've, yeah. I've read that. Yeah, I've always been. I've always been. A, I've been, I've liked that piece because it it has been treated as as kind of an abusive one, and there's been a lot of there's a ton of editorial written on examining the relationship between Joker and Harley Quinn. And that's one of the things that makes that interesting, of course, um, and because the discourse sort of continues over time. But this is one of the few times where it's actually treated as kind of a a uh, a uh, actual there's actually like love there in a weird sort of crazy deranged way there is it's it is a sort of loving relationship so I do I do kind of and they only hint at that that's the problem they don't really spend any time there we got to get to the next nonsensical plot device that they need to get, yeah. to, they need to, get to you know um, yeah I yeah I completely agree I actually I I liked everything about the Joker. Uh, Leto's Joker is different. That's the, my favorite thing about the Joker character is that nobody goes into it and you don't... I have not seen the same Joker twice. Everybody's done, done kind of their own thing. Cesar Romero did his thing. Nicholson came in and did his... Like, it's been different across right. the board and I love it. Yeah. And Leto's was, was exactly, I feel like, exactly what it needed to be for the material of that film. Even though we didn't see, it sounds like, half of what he did. Yeah, if not, if not more, and it, and, it, um, and when you don't see the whole picture, it just makes what's up on screen more obnoxious. 100%. That's the problem. It's it's now it's just he's annoying, and you just yeah, like yeah. you know. Uh, and I think it's kind of like he got an he didn't really get a fair shake. Uh, no, um, no, at it, and I'm I'm kind of I kind of I'm kind of glad that he's coming back to be able to do something else with it right. and continue that yep. continue that story. In what aspect he's going to is, I think it is a dream sequence. So, um, you know, it's kind of a, you know, who knows? Who knows how much actual impact he has on the story? It's probably, it might just be like a dream sequence conversation and that's it, you know? Yeah, they they, they mentioned that he said uh, in the trailer, he says, yeah, I had some a dream, maybe a premonition. And it sounds like they're going to play that whole thing, that whole flashback thing uh, into the Nightmare Universe as that. I 
it doesn't sound like they're going to go into time travel mode, but who knows? We'll yeah. see. We'll see if that if that plays into a bigger thing. I mean, fuck, they got four hours to work with. So is it four hours? It is. Yeah, right? dude. Yeah. It was supposed to come out in in four hour long miniseries. I oh. thought it was interesting. They're like, nah, fuck it. We'll just give it all to you on you know March, which to me indicates either they're really confident this is going to be some kind of crazy epic thing because they're not trying to string you along for four um, for four months or they're going to give you, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I can't tell whether that's a confidence move or a no confidence move, you know? Yeah. 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 I, I think it's a no confidence move. That's my bet because I wonder if they're going to charge more for a four hour movie than they would for your usual subscription or I, yeah, don't, they I, don't, could. I don't know what HBO max is fucking. <sighs> oh yeah. I mean like all of these streamers are manipulating people now that theaters are not a thing. They can, there's more money to be spent since theaters are not open. Right. So they'll, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. try and we'll try and charge you. But you know, it looks interesting. Am I like, did I uh, my my overall stance on this whole Snyder Cut thing is like, it's not something I particularly wanted. But uh, hell, if I'm not gonna watch it, I'm gonna watch the shit out of that. Of course I am. Right. Like, there's. It's funny because a lot of people do complain. They're like, oh, we don't need this. This is more garbage, more Zack Snyder garbage or whatever. And he's uh, fuck. Everyone's gonna watch it, dude. Like let's come to yeah. let's come to terms with the fact that you in this like forum, you know, lambasting this this <laughs> this movie, you're gonna be first in line, bud. So like, <laughs> it's true. Um, it's true. I uh, yeah. I there's so many people that it's just the internet's the shit. Like yeah. In a sorry is is shit. Yeah. Not the shit. Um. Because it's just a form for people to bitch and moan and complain about something they don't like. And then as soon as somebody gives them something that they're asking for, even if it's a little haphazard, then all of a sudden they're like, yeah, give us back what we had before. It's like, you hated that. Yeah. We have these comments yeah, where you're saying yeah. this is shit. And then when we bring it to you because you were asking for it, now you're going to say it's shit too. Or it's going to be shit. Like, there was, just, nobody's ever happy. It drives me nuts. That's interesting you point that out. Because I remember there was when when Batman Begins and The Dark Knight came out, there was this like weird backlash against the 1989 Tim Burton Batman. Like after. <sighs> and like uh especially when The Dark Knight came out, because Heath Ledger's Joker was such a was it was a huge massive success. Right. Um, everyone is like, oh, like Jack Nicholson's Joker was shit. I'm like yeah. <laughs> Who are? What the fuck are you talking? Yeah. About? Like, what's with the what's with the revisionist history? Like, you know. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's the thing about art; it gets reexamined under different you know lenses as time goes on. But like, it 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 borders on uh, the next. It borders on childish because it's like the next shiny thing somehow undoes the thing that existed before that people liked. Right. Um, it, it, it's funny. Comedians have described this best where. You can't look at something at a certain time and say it is what it is at this time, whether it's either okay or not okay at that time, but you you say whatever it is, and then you move the line as to what is either okay or bad. And in this case, is good or bad right. objectively. Sure, right? sure. Yeah. If you move that line as to what is actually good and it's no longer falling in that line, well, that doesn't hurt what it was back then. Right. Right? Yeah. Like, everything's a product of its time some things are timeless i guess in that they still are beyond that type of scrutiny yeah but maybe in the future they will be and then they're no longer timeless yeah like, it's just it's stupid just examine things for what they were and be happy like yeah 
I remember reading those things where, ah, he was just fat. He wasn't anywhere close to... You weren't saying that back in 89. Yeah. No goddamn way. You weren't saying that up until two weeks ago yeah. when all of a sudden you saw some idiot, other idiots comment. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's nonsense. It's fucking nonsense. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's it's weird. All You know, and I... I it is, uh, it's something I noticed when The Dark Knight came out is this kind of like, I don't know if you noticed it too, kind of that feeling on the, the Tim Burton Bat- Batman movies where it was just like, oh, these aren't, these aren't very good. And I'm like, man, like, you, you're a fickle bunch. You nerds, yeah. you nerds are a fickle bunch. Um, but, uh, yeah, you can't please everyone. But, you know, there, we, we, you know, one of my, one of my favorite pictures that someone took, um, they got the, and I think you've seen this before, but they got the Hot Toys versions of uh, Heath Ledger's Joker and Jack Nicholson's Joker. And uh, for for anyone listening, Hot Toys um, is not an adult <laughs> like uh, store. It's basically uh, um, a prestige of uh, like ner- like I guess like nerd figure store. I guess you could say they basically make statues and figures for a lot of like genre nerd properties um right. and and they've done a ton of batman they've done a ton of like uh, they've done a ton of marvel stuff like alien predator all that kind of stuff and they're meticulous they're extremely expensive but hyper realistic and very very accurate and the scale can be rather large um so someone bought both of these toys and it's this great uh they took this like really really great uh, image of the toys where Heath Ledger's Joker is sitting in a chair and Jack Nicholson's Joker is standing behind him with his uh, hands on his shoulders and it looks incredibly lifelike like they took the, the image and it looks great and I'm like this is we need more of this this is super fucking cool like and I I remember seeing that but at the same time seeing that weird sort of backtrack on Tim Burton's stuff and that stood out to me as a thing where someone was like hey both of these things can exist together and they, you're allowed to like them both, you know. Um, so anyway, just a random, random tangent there. But um, yeah, I think that's it. That's the Snyder cut. Yeah. Do you have anything else to say about it? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, I don't. Th- I don't think so. No, no. Um, I've got. I've got an interesting thing here that you might that you might like. I was listening to this. Please. To this podcast, it's called "My Neighbors Are Dead," um, and it is a. Uh, I gotta read it off the site because it's it's it would be hard to explain just off the cuff. Uh, I'm just reading this off the site. My neighbors are dead. Join host Adam Peacock as he talks to the lesser known characters from your favorite horror films. Each week is an all new, fully improv- improvised journey into the unknown, featuring friends and luminaries from the world of comedy, horror, and beyond. So basically the show is an interview from side characters that don't that didn't exist that uh that are made up side characters from famous horror films. Okay. So for example, I randomly listened to this episode because I actually thought it was kind of like a film like review thing. Uh someone I found some recommendation somewhere because I was re- I was watching the Scream series. So I've watched recently watched all four Scream movies and I kind of wanted to see if there was any recent podcast reviews on Scream and I found this and I played it. And uh Adam Peacock I guess is a, is a comedian and he invites other comedians so this other comedian they'll talk about Scream, they'll talk about the movie, they'll talk about their sort of rise in comedy. Um, yeah. 
and what they're working on. But then they're like, hey, uh, then he's like, okay, hey, we got to wrap this pod. Uh, we got to wrap this up because we have a, a guest joining us. And the guest that joins is this character that they have made up from the movie Scream. And in this case, it's a uh, it's a guy who owns a garage door business. <laughs> okay. And I'm listening to this and I'm like, what am I what am I listening to? Like this isn't a review for Scream. And it's this guy talking about oh, his, so good. his struggle in Woodsboro as being like the the person to go to for garage for garage doors and garage door openers. Okay, to to having this tragedy happen where a girl was killed in one of his garage doors, which is uh, um, a character from Scream dies and is killed using a garage door opener. And he talked about his sales plummeting. He had to change his he had to change his slogan because the slogan used to be we build garage doors so strong that you can hang off of them. And now like and now he has to change everything because it's because of the tragedy that occurred. And I was in stitches. It was so funny. Um, and these guys are obviously uh, it, this says fully improvised. It's hard to believe that this whole thing was improvised, but they are inviting. And uh, there's another one as another example. I recently watched Tremors again in 4K, the Arrow video yeah. 4K Tremors, and they had an episode for Tremors on there. I'm like, cool, I'll listen to that. Another comedian, um, the the guest that joins them is a is the mayor of Bixby, which is the town. That they're trying to reach in Tremors from Perfection Nevada, and it is it is so it is so funny, and it's and sometimes you can hear like uh, Adam Peacock, like the host, laughing, like he almost starts laughing because some of the shit they say is so it's so it's just a lot of it does feel off the cuff and does feel improvised, but they must have some kind of in my mind, I, I feel like they must have some kind of plan of the areas they plan to go in in their discussion, and then they play off of that. But these are these are um, some of them are pretty. Uh, uh, they sound to be like like prominent comedians, and it's weird because one guy has a Catherine O'Hara story, which we were you know we were just talking about Catherine O'Hara. Um, yeah, yeah. They, they have Second City stories, like uh, being in Second City and and uh, and uh, meeting up with Second City alumni, for example. Um, yeah, so like really really funny, uh, really funny stuff. Um, I can't remember. I so it was Tremors Scream, and I listened to one more, which I thought was really uh, was which I thought was really good as well. And I can't remember what, what it was. The name of the podcast again? It's called My Neighbors Are Dead. Oh, um, I typed in Google Conversations Dead Neighbors. Oh boy, uh, yeah. I'm gonna clear your cash after that one. Um, so. <laughs> So, uh, and, and the title is actually a funny, it's a funny title too, because it is, it's kind of referencing the fact that all of the actions, ha- like the horror action is happening at the neighbor's house. So this is a neighbor who's just a random person on the street calling someone saying, hey, my neighbors are dead. Sort of a clever title because it's like, it's, it's, uh, it's insinuating the fact that this focuses on not the people involved directly, it's the, the other people who happen to be around, businesses, politicians, neighbors, like whoever, um, so there's it's there's some funny stuff there. I I I've been enjoying episodes here here and there, and I thought uh, it's something you might you might try. I definitely listened to the scream one because that one that one had me laughing. That was a good one. That's awesome. Yeah, I just pulled up their website. I'm just uh, I got to take a look at this. Yeah, it's good Vira, stuff. Uh, eh. 
Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the the episode I listened to other than the scream and. Uh... My neighbors are dead. Yeah, yeah. I'll give that a. Cool. Yeah. So that's my that's my neighbors are dead. Go check it out if you like comedy, you like horror. You don't have to you don't have to like horror films to like this. It's not focused on the horror as much as it's focused on the comedy around existing horror. So. Right. Right. Dope. What uh, what else you got? Mm. Anything else? Uh, quick thing, Scream Factory. Oh, sorry, Shout Factory. Who's this uh, producer of uh, a fi- a purveyor of fine Blu-rays uh, uh, and a spe- new special features for a lot of genre fare? Uh, recently got the license to to all the Leica films. I don't know if uh, the Leica movies are stop motion animation movies. Yeah. Coraline, Paranorman, The Box Trolls, Kubo and the Two Strings, and Missing Link. All of them are great. Kubo and Paranorman really do stand out to me because uh, I think they're very, very good movies. But uh, I guess the bottom line here is that I own most of these movies on Blu-ray already. But if Shout Factory has got the license for them, they are probably going to rescan them, maybe even release them in 4K and include new special features and probably cool new box art and stuff. So I try not to rebuy things or double dip uh, as much as possible, but fuck, dude. At this point, Shout Factory has made some really good products. I own the uh, like their John Carpenter releases, like John Carpenter's Thing and the and the Fog. I have the Scream Factory versions of which is basically Scream Factory is just a label on Shout Factory for all of their horror releases, uh, and they right. do a really great job putting together really great new like new retrospective documentaries, not the vintage stuff back from when the movie came out, but this is like recent. Uh, recent documentaries that they'll put or recent commentaries done by by the filmmakers and talent involved. So um, really excited about that. That was big news for me. I'm, I'm excited and I will probably rebuy them all uh, like the chump I am. But uh, but yes. I'm, I'm still I'm still excited. If you haven't seen any Leica movies, do yourself a favor. Definitely check them out. Uh, like I said, I, I, I really like Paranorman and uh, Kubo and the Two Strings. I think they're they're outstanding. But Coraline is the one I feel like a lot of folks have seen. It was their first release. Uh, all right. stop motion animation. Beauti- beautifully done. Painstakingly done. A lot of love put into those movies. Incredibly unique visual style. And one of the few, uh, one of the few uh, you know, production companies that are, that are doing it that way. That are, that are still carrying on that sort of stop motion animation um, uh, art form. Which is which is not easy to do, not cheap. So no, dude, it's a lot of work. It's absolutely a lot of work. Definitely, yeah. Huh. That's pretty um, cool. Uh, I've been playing some games. I got back into The Witcher Three, uh, and that's that's my big like on again, off again game. Um, you know, like I'll play for a little while, stop, and then pick it up and play again. And especially during the pandemic, I find myself doing things in The Witcher that I'd like to do in real life but can't. Um, murder. Good. Yeah, murder. Yeah. Stabbing people, decapitations, um, evisceration, uh, one of my favorites. Um, but also uh, going to bars. Like, I'll just go to taverns. Oh, my God. Like, for no <laughs> reason. Like, there's, You're there's actually... going to taverns in the video game yeah. and drinking at the bar? Yeah. Are you drinking in real life? So, so here's the crazy thing is that before I wasn't like, I'm like drinking. You can drink in the game and your whole screen goes like really woozy. It's really funny. Uh, I wasn't doing that before. Uh, but I like whenever I go to a new like small town or something like that, I'll always look for the tavern because it always has, uh, you know, like a fun, unique name or whatever. I think I might have talked about this on the show before, but I'm still, but basically I'm still doing it. I'm still going to these bars and pretending to, 
pretending to like just chill at the bar. Sometimes they have music. If I'm lucky, I'll find a tavern with music in The Witcher Three, where there's a, there's a guy he's playing a mean fiddle, and there's uh and you know there's a there there's some women they're doing their they're doing like the they're, they're they're dancing a little bit, and there's like the show going on 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 this little like wooden stage. A couple yeah. of long tables, little candles are lit. It's all it's like really nice ambiance, you know. We'll just sit you down start, and uh, you're know. trying to be uh, befriend the the fiddler and see if he has like a three point five millimeter jack. Yeah, you brought your cable with you. <laughs> it's like, it up. hey man, you taking requests? Can you uh, yeah. can you play uh, Doo-Wop by uh, Lauren Hill? Thanks. <laughs> 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 oh my god i'm just picturing like you on a canada day in the witcher and just going into the bar and being like listen fiddler i need that fiddle i need that i need that fiddle we got to play life as a highway by tommy cochran right now <laughs> it needs to happen right now oh my god um yeah so i'm just do- like that's kind of my outlet uh for for my, my pandemic outlet but the, a couple of the other games, I'm playing a game called The Sinking City, which I want to mention briefly. Uh, it's basically like a Lovecraftian Sherlock Holmes game. It's kind of cool. Okay. Open world. It's a little janky because it is a budget title game. It's not a full like sort of triple A title. But it yeah. does have a lot of um, it does have a lot of uh, detective moments and stuff like that. And there, unfortunately, there's combat in the game and the combat's not very good. But mm. dialogue, story... All of that is there, and it's it's kind of uh, it's kind of fun to have a game built around Lovecraftian mythology um, that's that has this kind of open world detective style thing going for it. It's kind of cool, so I enjoy nice. playing that from time to time. And then the other one I'm I'm playing is called Dead Cells, which I think you would like very much. I don't know if you've heard of Dead Cells before. Have you heard of that? I have not. No. What is that? Dead Cells is a uh, 2D uh, plat like an action platformer game. Um, but the way it works is, uh, the worlds that the, 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 uh, areas that you go into are, are sort of like, there's a bit of, there's, I think they're randomly generated cause they change all the time, but you basically play the game, you gain cells as you kill enemies, and then you put cells into things like schematics. You can buy weapons, you can buy uh, different clothing, you can buy different perks and stuff. But when you die, you always get sent back to the beginning of the game. So it's like it's it's something that's I think it's called a roguelite, if I'm not mistaken. Like that's what the game. That's kind of what these games are. Roguelike. I get those two mixed up all the time. Uh, yeah. Feel free, uh, all listeners, to comment and correct me. But basically. You play the game, you die, and then you play it again, and you die, and you keep dying. Right. And uh, and but you, as you play, you get better at the game, right? But you also uh, gain access to more weapons, and you gain uh, like more uh, more powerful mutations, right? Um, and it's incredibly well put together. It is such. It is so responsive in the controller. If combat feels really, really good, and if you die. Uh, it's usually like just like your fault most of the time, because you learn you learn the character you learn the the enemies' um, fight patterns, and then yeah, at, yeah. but when you encounter them the first time, you don't know what they are. So uh, a lot of the times you'll get you you can die in that case, but you'll always remember that, and then you go back and be like, I remember this guy does this thing, and then you'll you can. Yeah, the whole aspect of dying repeatedly over and over again was not something that appealed to me. I was kind of old school like that. Dying, dying in a game is always like, I don't want to do that. But this game's right. like, you got to let go of that. You will die, and you What's will the come name back. Of the game again? It's called Dead Cells. Dead Cells. Yeah. 
Um, so as soon as you kind of let go of dying being this like really negative thing, uh, the game becomes really, really fun. Um, and it's got a, got a nice little art style, um, really great sort of Twitch, Twitch, uh, action arcadey gameplay, lots of weapons to choose from. None of the weapons feel cheap. None of them feel unbalanced. Um, and there's really deep combat. There's a lot of status effects, weapons in combinations with each other can do like crazy amounts of damage. Um, I think I think you might actually like it. Uh, hmm, okay. Check it out. Yeah, I got it up here on my uh, on my screen. I'll check it out after the pod. Yeah. Um, the only thing I've really played in the last little while uh, was God of War. I finally managed to play. I, we we talked briefly about this in the last. Well, I think the footage was uh, left out of the last podcast. But like, I'll just keep it brief. God of War is the shit. That game blew me away. the the story The story and the mythos that they expanded on in blending Kratos into kind of the Norse god mythology yeah. and and the the marriage of the two in the game plus the game looked beautiful the gameplay mechanics were very challenging but still there was a, a level of progression that kept things fresh and interesting um it was just it was a beautiful game it was a beautiful game through and through it was it was totally the the best incarnation of the Kratos character that I've ever seen he was always kind of just pretty one track mind in the last you know in the first three games and in this one he's got a lot more meat to him yeah um he was already meaty i guess to begin with but in this case he's he's you know got got more of a personality to him it's very much a father and son type of story and it, it it's just fantastic i if, if you haven't played any of the other god of war games you really don't need to it's you could jump into this and I could tell you the two or three things that you need to know about Kratos and his history. And even then you can just hit Wikipedia and you're good to go. It's just it's it's such a good game and I, I would wholeheartedly recommend it to anybody on PlayStation 4. Or I believe it's been ported over to PlayStation 5 and it looks fucking great. I did see a video where they ported it and it's and it like the, the frame rates jumped, the resolution jumped. Yeah. Um it's on sale. Right now, actually, I got a notification because I when you recommended you talked about this before, so I I, yeah. I put a watch on it. It's ten dollars right now. Oh, that's so. worth it. Yeah, that's worth it. Oh, for yeah. sure, dude. Yeah, so I think sure. I'll probably buy it. I guess my problem is that I have too many games to play. I don't yeah. think I'm like, you know, like Sinking City is is a is is a is a ton of time in in there, and uh, that I, I I want to try and finish that game if I can, but um, but you know, these games aren't small. You know, like, no, and I also no. like uh, the other game was uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. I was thinking about getting back into. And uh, have you played that at all, or you, you've heard Sounds of that? Sounds familiar. Sounds very familiar. Um, I anyway, it's another. About. It's another open world, but it's an open world game. But it's a. Uh, it's another PlayStation exclusive. Like God of War is a PlayStation exclusive, and right. Horizon Zero yeah. Dawn is as well. Um, but yeah, like uh, I think I'll probably just buy it. And, uh, you know, when I feel like it, you know, pop it in and it, it does look like a fun game. And maybe if I beeline the, the main story, I can, I can get through the whole, whole game and, and actually like say I finished it, you know, that's my problem is finish. I can start tons of, start tons of games. I just never finish them. Like I recently, uh, you can go to your PlayStation. There's a website that does a PlayStation. Uh, it's like a year in review. I don't know if you've tried this. But uh, I just did mine. You log in with your PlayStation account, and it gives you kind of this cool breakdown. But basically, I've played over the year. I played twenty nine different games, 
And my top games was Warhammer Vermintide 2, which I got back into during the pandemic. I put 70 hours in over 20, 2020. And Witcher 3, The Wild Hunt, 46 hours. And Earth Defense Force, 38 hours. And this is all just for 2020, not total time. But Yo, send me that site, dude. I'd be curious to see. It's going to be very Killing Floor 2 heavy because... I got good at that game. It's, fu- it's I actually, yeah, I popped funny. it in fairly recently after not playing for weeks, and then I was just like, "Let me, let me give this a go." And yeah. I was rusty, dude. Yeah, you need, oh, to, be, <laughs> you need to be dialed in to to like be good at that game. And I was like doing Hell on Earth re- runs uh, solo. It was, it was, I was pretty. You were pretty decent. You were soloing Hell on Earth and uh, yeah, Killing bruh. Floor too, dude. That's yeah. Uh, I, I, I'd only pass it one every. I'd like I'd finish the level and kill the boss one every twenty times maybe. That's exceptional. It's, it's a challenge, but yeah, yeah. With uh, with a few classes, I was pretty 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 dangerous. The the healer and the uh, the gunslinger were my uh, were my guys. We uh, uh, we tried to do our land party this year uh, remotely, so we did a remote land party this year, and Killing Floor Two was on the menu. That was a lot of fun. Um, but you were definitely doing a lot of the heavy lifting. You were carrying carrying this team on your back, sir, in some cases. <laughs> Just trying to do what I can. Just trying to support the team. That's Listen, good. all right, so we've talked a bunch. We're just over an hour now. Yeah. There is one thing I wanted to bring up because sure. you mentioned it in the uh, in, in when I brought up God of War. Sure. And you said you wanted to beeline the, um, the, the main story. The main story. Yeah. What the fuck is a beeline? Because I don't think anybody's right when they say I want to beeline something. When I hear beeline, I think it is not the shortest path. I think it's the longest path possible to get from point A to point B. Now, I would like to hear your arguments as to why that is either true or not true. Go ahead. Well, I'm looking at... Uh, I looked up beeline in the uh, in this thing, uh, this Google thing. And yeah. uh, what I got back was to go quickly in a straight, direct course. Has anybody seen bees travel? They are erratic as fuck. There is no way that they travel the most efficient path from point A to point B. It is <laughs> such a wrong way to describe how to go. It, it should be said instead of I, I beelined it, just... I fucking straight lined it. That's it. That should be the new terminology. So when somebody says I beeline something, I want to slap them in the face because I don't think that they think. Why do they call it beeline? It is because actually it is actually a beeline. B e e l i n e. I actually use the letter B, um, like a teenager. And uh, beeline means a straight or direct course. The word the word comes from the belief that once bees have collected nectar. They take the most direct course to their hive. The term was first coined in 1830. See, My that's God. The, that's the problem with that term is those people in 1830 didn't know fuck. Wow. They didn't know a goddamn thing. 1830, Justin. Yeah, I, I am about to argue something that's being been being used for almost 200 years that's you're you're outrageous you're I you're am too not outrageous you're, people need to think about this this is an important point if there's one thing that i will die on a hill for it's this is that the term beeline should be eradicated from the dictionary or from the lexicon of human beings and it should just be worked i straight lined it straight lined it even streamlined would be probably a little bit better but Bee lined? Mm-mm. Only if a bee has 
I guess, honey, and they want to go back home. And even then, I don't think people are keeping tabs on those bees. I feel like they're not. Uh, they're Do you not, think they're, in, they're giving in, more credit than than they deserve? In 1830, basically, like somebody would have had to like been monitoring the bees, see when they picked up the nectar, and like followed the bees home, basically, to see that they didn't stop to do anything else. Look, I'm not saying you're right. Oh um, no, I'm I'm right. I'm saying it. If that makes you feel no, better. no. I mean, it, it, I I feel. I think okay. I, I don't know I don't know how I feel. Listen, man, this is this is nonsense. Beeline existed nonsense. for for a long time. I no, think no, you're no, no. you're you know what? Listen, you're raging against the machine for no reason. People used to think that the the world was flat, and then they were proved wrong, and then now people think it's flat again. Sometimes <laughs> you're open to question things, you know. I'm not saying like in the flat Earth versus round Earth back to flat Earth thing. Those people are clearly wrong, but. I'm going to be a trendsetter, and I'm going to say that the term beeline needs to be well thought out again. Look, if there are scientific studies that come out and they show me that bees are very, very good with being able to go from point A to point B consistently, that's fine. But if it's not always consistent, what beeline am I getting? Am I getting the one where it just is out rambling about, stabs me in the arm and rips out its own guts and stuff because it doesn't know its own limitations? I don't think bees are anything to emulate from. They stray from the course constantly, so much so that they kill themselves because they don't know any better. So I stand by the fact that it should be, I straight lined it. I'm gonna straight line this game so I can end it just as fast as I want to so I can start on another one. Oh my God, I wanna end this conversation as fast as we can. Can we straight line to the end of this you conversation? You absolutely can straight line it as long as you don't be like, cause I've been beelining this point of the conversation. <laughs> let me tell you, sir. Listen. I'm gonna end every podcast now, from now on, on nonsense. <laughs> this is, uh, this. I mean, you've fulfilled your goal for this for this podcast. Uh, quick, Excellent. Quick, quick thing. John Carpenter, John Carpenter, Volume Three of uh, Lost oh, Themes yeah. is out. Have you yeah. listened to that? Not, not a, not a lick. I'm actually going to put it in my phone right now because otherwise yeah. my ass will forget. I got to drive ahead of me tomorrow. Definitely, uh, check it out. I, I very much like it, but, uh, um, but uh, check it out, and we'll, we'll talk on the next one and see, uh, see if you like it or not. Hell yeah! The second one was a little disappointing. I really liked the first one though. Yeah, first one was very good. Second one had its moments, and I've come back to it to like it a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, yeah the I third agree. one uh, has, uh, I think, is not is not a complete knockout. It's more of the same, which is great. I think uh, you know I just needed new new Carpenter tunes. Yeah. 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 John Carpenter, gift that keeps yeah, on gives, gift that keeps on giving that guy. Um, so. I love that he found a new, like a new, a new calling, a new career, after he's done making all of those uh, wonderful movies and Ghosts of Mars. <laughs> Ghosts of Mars. Yeah. Oh, that was that. There is nothing redeeming about that film. I can watch John Carpenter's vampire, Vampires on loop if I really <laughs> wanted to, but that one I just can't. I can't at all. Ghosts of Mars. I just I don't. It stands out so much in his filmography as being. As being such a bland, awful like it's a B, it's a B movie in the worst sense. It's a it's a C movie. It's terrible. It is it's a it B is line movie. It's, it's awful. A line. Uh, all right. Well, uh, you know, I got I had other things to talk about. We'll save them for next time. Um, yeah, we got time. Yeah, 
We are out of time. Thank you, everybody, for listening and putting up with our nonsense. And I apologize on uh, Justin's behalf for um, just just, just for being. I'm, I'm so woke about this, and you're not. Just for being Justin, I apologize. Right, so, thank you, everyone, uh, and stay safe out there. Stay healthy. Until next time, this has been Atlukatru. This has been Justin Carcassoli. Thank you very much for listening and for your continued support. And I look forward to your support on eliminating Beeline from the human lexicon. Thank you very much and have a good day. (laughs) I actually have these thoughts about that. Every time somebody says Beeline, I'm like, have you fucking met a bee? Or I guess seen one. I don't know how many people are meeting bees. I mean, it's a concern. It is. It's funny that you have those thoughts and you choose like this podcast to be like, you know what? All those times I kept those thoughts to myself because I thought someone would think I'm crazy. Let's just put this out onto the internet and to see if other people listening to this think I'm crazy. (laughs) I'm okay with that. It opens up a conversation. Look, (laughs) if I can have one person listen to this and they're like, he's got a point. When was the last time I saw a bee go from point A to point B? (laughs) I didn't even make that joke. You're just the worst.